Valerie goes around like maybe she like a like a toy chest or something. And yep. inside the toy chest there's like a lot of drawings and she hands them over to you. I flick through them. Anything streaky no. about they're, them. They are they're drawings of unicorns, of mermaids, of the town, of like it's just it's like a lot of fantasy kind of drawings. No birds? No, no birds. Oh, no. there might be birds, but like but no, 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 no bird masks. You're not like, yeah, 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 yeah. You don't see any picture of a giant mountain man following a small <laughs> child dressed as a bird. <laughs> no. Damn. I was hoping this would be the thing that would bust the case wide open. <laughs> Alas. Oh, wonderful. So uh, so she draws these for you. So you, you share the room together? We. Oui. I share a room with my brother. Uh, it was was always interesting. We'd, we'd wrestle and play and, and do all sorts of things together. Just, do you play she, practical jokes on one another? She giggles. Uh, sometimes. Sometimes I scare her. I scared her. Oh. Like I would creep up behind her and I would uh, tap her on the shoulder and she would turn around some, sometimes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a pretty classic one, that one. Is she easily frightened? Yeah, yes. She looks at her mom. Her mom's like kind of, I don't know. You think she's just looking for confirmation that she's still allowed to talk to you. Oui, oui, oui. Sometimes. I don't know. Now, this might be tricky, pal. But, um, do you remember uh, the night that that she disappeared? Valerie nods. You you were both in this room. Oui. Did you wake up? Did, did you hear her leave? Did you hear anyone come in? I, um, not anyone come in, but she was sleep-talking, she says. Oh, what, what was she saying? She always sleep-talked. But uh, uh, that night she said, um, Lung, long you, which, you know, it's, it's French for uh, where are we going? I thought huh. she was just having a dream, but um, don't know. Did, uh, did, did she say anything else? No, I, I went back to bed at that point. Because I thought then... she was just, I thought she was just having a sleep talk. I did not know. I did not know. that. That's, a, that's okay, Val. That's all right. She was just talking. And that's fine. That is not anything to do with you. You did exactly what you were supposed to do. You've been very good. She gives you a grim little, like, you know, when a little kid gives you, like, a serious look? Yeah. She gives that to you. Where do you think she was going? I I don't know. I don't know where she was going. She just shrugs. I have have no idea. That's okay. That's fine. I'm just curious. Uh, Giselle, an unusual question. Did Anita take her shoes with her? I have not checked, she says. She, like, maybe goes to, like, a similar... Or, or maybe, actually, she goes to, like, the front door where they keep their shoes. And she, like, ruffles through. Oh, we oui, there is a bell missing, she says. Hmm. Tell me, Val, did you play games with the other children as well as Anita? Sometimes we would... I, I would watch them play football. I'm too small to... I, I, I'm scared of... I don't want to get hurt. Um, and, and sometimes we would play pretend, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, what kind of pretend? I love pretend. We used to play pirates back when I was a kid. Sometimes uh, we would pretend to be dragons and princesses and knights. Um, and sometimes we would pretend to be, she gives you like a kind of like an embarrassed smile. Cowboys, she says. Oh, cowboys. <laughs> now that, that is the game that everybody plays. <laughs> um... Sometimes, yeah, we would be cowboys and one of the children has a cap gum. What's your favorite? Uh, did, you, did you ever draw any pictures of, of you guys playing dragons, knights and dragons? Um, or cowboys? 
Uh, I, there might be. She goes and rummages maybe in like the, the inbuilt cupboard that, or closet, sorry, that's in this room. And she pulls out some more drawings. These ones appear older. Hands them over to you. I flick through them. There's, again, so there are drawings of princesses and knights and dragons. The dragon isn't like a white streak. It just appears to be like a child's drawing of a dragon. And in the cowboy one, it's it's like a drawing of kids playing cowboys, but only one of them has a cap gun. You think it's <laughs> just one kid in town has one cap gun, and they're like, <laughs> we're basing all of our pretend around on that one, one, kid. ca- one, one kid's cap gun, yeah. The, these cowboys are, are truly, truly terrific. And and these these dragons are now, have you ever seen a dragon in real life, Val? She gives you like a, like a weird look. No. And then she looks at her mum. Dragons are pretend, she says. I, I give her a wink. You're, you're too clever, Val. I, I can't trick you. You're absolutely right. Giselle is like, is there anything else that you would like to know? Um, yes. The police have made an arrest involving yeah. a, a, a man yeah, homeless under a bridge. Man. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you believe that he did it? That he's responsible? <sighs> I hear that he was snooping around at uh, everyone's the houses that the children um, that the children were in. So this house and the others. Um, so I, I believe it is possible. Uh, I do not like to think about it, but I believe that it is possible. Maybe as she says this, she puts her hands over Valerie's ears so that yeah. she can't hear. I clock that and don't ask Val about yeah. the homeless man. <laughs> um, do you mind if I have a look around outside the window just to Draw some sketches, get a bit more context for, the, for what's happening here. She nods. That would be fine. Uh, and if, if, if you, or you, Val, think of anything, no matter how silly or ridiculous or imaginary it may seem, I'm staying over at the Chartreuse Inn. You are both more than welcome to, to come and report anything to me. Valerie gives you a smile and like looks up at her mum smiling. You think Valerie's very excited to one, you're just a very charming man, but also like they've been playing a lot of cowboys and you're you're one hell of a cowboy. So you think she's <laughs> it's like again, she's it's like that celebrity thing. She's like, oh my god, exotic. Um you think she might be, she'll be talking about this for ages to all of her friends. Okay, well yeah, you're welcome to have a look outside, she says. Giselle. I I this is a conversation that I don't Yeah. Has Val had any dreams where she's been sleep talking? I, I, she has been struggling to sleep ever since. Um, oh, I'm so I has she, she had nightmares, of course, of um, of of you know, waking up with her sister missing, but uh, you know, that is expected from a child who has been through something like this. Yeah, no, I, I, I understand. Um, well, if again, if you think of anything more, I'll, I'll take a quick look around. And, uh, yeah. Is there a Mr. Du Bois that I could speak to as well, or is it just you two? Um, just, just the two of us, she says. Oh, I'm, that's all right. I'm sorry to hear that. You seem to be doing a bang-up job. Yeah, must see. <clears throat> all right, come on, Val. Let's get some breakfast in you, she says. And the two of them leave for the kitchen. Search the room. You don't, you don't, you don't find anything. Like you, you give it a thorough search, but there's nothing really out of place in the bedroom that you can that you can tell. Nothing is specifically, yeah, odd here. Um, anything windowsill? Uh, the windowsill is clean though, or like the dust has been um, agitated and displaced here. Yeah. Anything out the window? 
Uh, out the window of this one, it, it faces into an alleyway again. Footprints? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, 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 you got a success. Yeah, I'll say you, you look out the window and you can see that there are very similar uh, footprints. It's a different type of shoe, obviously, but the footprints are, yeah, they, they do kind of the same thing. They move through kind of maybe it's quite grassy, not so much muddy here, but you can see where the, in between the grass that there are footprints that go out onto the cobblestones. And nothing else. Oh, any white hair. <sighs> All right. And also, while I'm looking at the hair that I've got to look for mm. anything that matches it, am I able to tell if it may be fox fur? That'll be a different role, but you... That's you, okay. You, you, you get out, you clamber out of the window, and you, like, start looking through the grass. And maybe, like, out the back, this the back of this house, this kind of, like, little alleyway, has, like, some rusted... Like, a, an old rusted fence or some wire. And you can see a really similar tuft of fur, maybe smaller than the one you found on the rooftop, is hooked onto the wire as well. It's, it seems, like, a bit matted, a bit gross, this fur, when you, when you pick it up. Hmm. I collect both. Do, I now do a little check. Okay, uh... You, you got no idea. You got absolutely no idea. Ooh, but I know someone who might. There's farmers. <laughs> That's true. Well, we'll leave you there. Um, <laughs> Mikhail, you arrive at the town hall. It's quite a stately, handsome building in the center of town. It's kind of similarly built to the police station in that it's got like a grand sort of set of stone stairs leading up to it. It's like a large kind of like a broad building with, you know, made of stone, that kind of thing. It's, it's very elegant, but also very old clearly it's definitely not in its prime you think it was probably built around the same time as the police station or as the the the, uh, law enforcement office there's nobody out the front but it seems quite inviting and definitely open well i i walk in there's a kind of front desk area sort of like a lobby um and you can see that the at this front desk currently there are two people there's kind of like sort of like clearly two sections to it there's one section where it's like just kind of a general inquiries kind of area and then there's like a the desk kind of curves around and there's another section where you think that it's maybe for like more like one's almost a bit touristy if you know what mm. i mean and then yeah, one sort of set is a little a little bit like more if you've got a specific inquiry or um you for kind business of business yeah like if you know what yeah, you're doing kind of yeah yeah one for pleasure, one for business. Exactly. Yeah, no Ex- exactly. I head to the uh, is there someone at both uh, yeah. parts of the desk? There's currently someone at both. There's a, a woman at the kind of more general inquiry section, and she's kind of like sitting there pleasantly. Maybe she's drinking a cup of coffee. And at the kind of more business side of things, there's a man with a big white bushy mustache, and he is not sitting. He's like leaning over and writing something. Like he kind of seems like he's in the middle of business. I, or oh, here's the trick. The guy with the big mustache is probably more capable of solving my inquiry but the woman is probably more likely to be friendly. Yeah, when you come in mm. to the front doors, she gives you like a like a wave. Bonjour, good morning, she says. I walk up to her. Hello. Bonjour. My name is Mike. <laughs> it's a ple- pleasure to meet you, Mike. Uh, welcome to the town hall. Uh, how can I help you? I have to... Uh, uh, I am an investigative <laughs> reporter, and I must see... Uh, the uh, <laughs> records for the town. <laughs> Can I get your subterfuge presence, please? 
Subterfuge three, presence four. It's crazy that this will work. <laughs> Gotta stop picking presents for him, dude. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Really I do. <laughs> well, I, it just gives you that extra air. Like, it would be the first thing people notice would That's be fair. your presence. Um, she, like, looks you up and down, and you can tell there's that little... Every single person you talk to, every civilian, certainly, you always see that flicker of fear in their eyes whenever, they, whenever they're interacting with you, and you see it briefly pass over her face. Um, I had Erza was an investigative journalist around. She, like, takes a final sip of her coffee and she puts it down. Uh, sure, I can show you the way to the, to the town records and not the kind of things that we necessarily hide. Hugo, uh, Hugo, she... Seems to be talking to the guy with the silver mustache. Can you take this gentleman to the records for the town? Hugo gets up, finishes writing what he's doing, dusts his hands off. Oui, 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 oui. If you would like to follow me, sir, I can uh, show you whatever it is you need to know. The records are not perfect, but <laughs> I can certainly uh, do what I can, huh? That is a great laugh, Jack. <laughs> he's got that kind of, like, mercy. You know that, like, brashness that's... Oh, it's so fun. It's so good, Adam. Uh, but you know that, like, brashness that some older men have where you're like, I'm actually never really having a conversation with you. You're just constant, like, you're somewhere else. The yeah, Hugo yeah. clearly has that vibe. Uh, follow me, huh? Uh, he, like, leaves the desk and goes into a, a sort of, like, a, a door. There's, like, many doors leading off this main entrance mm. to clearly various parts of Town Hall. But he leads you off uh, through one of these doors, down a couple of corridors, down some stairs into a kind of small library. There's uh, records of uh, construction in the town, of births and deaths, um, that kind of thing. We've got uh, newspapers going back quite a bit. Is there anything specifically you are looking for? Uh, da, I am looking for disappearances. I wish to, we believe that there is evidence that this is, if you did not know why we are here, we are no idea. I just do what the Suzanne says at the front desk. <laughs> <laughs> I am, how you say, impact, though she is not my wife. <laughs> he slaps you on the shoulder like that was a joke. Uh, <laughs> I... See red. <laughs> Does he touch me? Yeah, he, tu he touches me while Thief of Fate goes off. I guess. <laughs> you, you steal this man's fate. Maybe in the background, as you do this, you see the Cossack sitting at a chair reading, but he doesn't say anything to you because I think this was so unexpected. He wasn't ready for it. <laughs> he looks up with shock. What? what? <laughs> the? Um, and then he's gone. Uh, and you can tell that Hugo's, like, kind of rattled a bit by the... Um, anyway, so disappearances? I wish to uh, I wish to see any disappearances that might have happened, say, about 30 years ago. But any at all would be interesting for me to find. In addition to this, I uh, that, uh, uh, that is just, yes, the v beginning. I also wish to... There was a chateau that oh. no longer exists. Uh, there is a recreation of it. I wish any oh. any details of the recreation, but also of the original. I am something of a town historian, he says. Uh, you mean Chateau Le Meilleur, oui? oui? That is the one you are referring to? Huh? It is a recreation, he says. But uh, 
It is a recreation of a real chateau that was there oh, many years ago. Many years that ago. Chateau Le Meur is the recreation. Oui, oui, oui. They have recreated <laughs> it on the hill, yeah. But uh, the foundation, and uh, you can see this if you go up there and look, you know, it is very obvious to a trained eye like mine. You can see that the foundations are of the old mansion, and the new one, which was built in, I think, the 1950s, 1954, something like that, uh, the, the re recreation is very obvious. Uh, it was done by unskilled hands. It is collapsed now. Uh, nobody came to look at it, and so it fell into terrible disrepair. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it is still there. If you want to go have a look, yeah, Chateau Le Meilleur. Mm -hmm. I wish to ask you some questions about it first. Then shoot. Who, who's who owned it? Uh, the original. Back in the day, it was the Le Meilleur family. We, oui. uh, they were uh, wealthy landowners on the area. They owned everything that you see around here in Nanterre. Uh, this old, um, I'm sure you noticed as you came through, lots of hills. We are in kind of a valley. Mm. Well, uh, so the uh, the valley used to be owned by the Lemieux family back in the day. Mm. The the owner, as far back as we can tell, he ruled uh, the land or he owned the land with a, a there is kind of a, a, a local tale that he went on a kind of uh, pilgrimage, perhaps, it is unclear, and they returned with a bride from a foreign land. And they lived there for a while together. And then, and this is hard to, uh, I guess, uh, get confirmation on whether or not it happened. Uh, records back that far, we're talking 15, 1600s. Um, then uh, the man of the house, uh, the son, whose name is lost to time largely, he, um, he, he passed away. He was buried in the cemetery. And his wife... This, this was the man with the foreign wife, yes. Oui, yes. Oui, oui. And, then, and then his wife, uh, she also became... Uh, it appeared quite sick. And then records of her stop. And we assume she also was buried in the cemetery. But I don't know if you have visited it, but the cemetery, a lot of the graves are uh, quite old. So, you know, we cannot... Uh, they are no longer legible, you know. But that is a fascinating place if you want to go visit. I think personally that it is a tragedy that they uh, they rebuilt it, because huh? they rebuilt such a poor recreation. It, uh, I think it is upsetting, you know? Let history be history, huh? He Why did the they rebuild again. it in the 50s? <laughs> well, um, I believe the old mansion, the old chateau, was partially destroyed, um, and I think it was some mad attempt at uh, bringing in some tourists. We were affected quite a bit by the war, uh, so I believe it was some some attempt at yeah, bringing people into Nanterre to try and boost the economy. Uh, some company. They are long gone now. I have another question. I... The longer I can spend on here talking about the history of Nanterre, the less I have to go upstairs and do my job. <laughs> oh. I actually shook him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. He talks too much. <laughs> he seems a little bit taken aback, but he, do he doesn't sort of like respond aggressively. Who annoys you more, talking with this man or spending time with Ike? <laughs> um, neither are fun. <laughs> Not if it's good. Yeah. 
This what I'm thinking right now is I'm almost upset that I have no real reason to hurt this man because <laughs> alone here in this library is such a great threatening place. Yeah. We have heard of a creature might be called the White Streak. Does this name mean anything to you? Nothing to me. Fuck, no. I hope he thinks you're insane, Adam. The White Streak sounds like a superhero, eh? like Superman. The White Streak. The man, uh, the the man who has been accused of this uh, oh, yeah. crime. Oui, oui. He, I spoke with him, and he seems adult, and he would not stop talking about it. I want, I just wanted to know what it was. I suppose. He shrugs. Who knows what uh, crazy people say, huh? It is... Uh, I wondered if it was some local tale or something. No. There are very few local tales, really, here in Nantes. There is Jacques Zicard, uh the kind of uh, folklore about uh, the Le Mejio Chateau and that family, and pretty much that is it. What What was that one? The, which one? The one you just said. Jacques Zicard. And uh, the folklore about the Lemmehio family. Which uh, one? But, oh, the Lemmehio family oui, oui, was oui. the one you just the told me. That was all. Chateau. There was nothing else to that, was there? No. I, I mean, there, there are some tales that uh, the, uh, the man with the foreign wives, that his father, uh, he said that challenge my three sons uh, to figure out who will inherit the land. I will set you three challenges and you will go out and complete them. And that the youngest did, and that is how we got the mansion. But uh, that is uh, pretty much. What were the challenges? It is unclear. It is never said. It's just that there was three challenges that they needed to complete. Very well. Well, I would look for. Uh, I would have uh, histories of disappearances if possible. Ah, sad to stop talking to you. Ah, back to work. Uh, there is nothing specifically about the disappearances in towns. That is not the kind of thing we log in a simple to read book. But you are welcome to explore the births and deaths, disasters. That kind of thing might births, give you what you were looking for. Disasters, that classic <laughs> that is... section. Oh, that's so good, though. <laughs> The Please. BDD. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not marriages. We don't record marriages no, no. here. Just but any disaster that happened, we log it. No, he's probably referring to, like, newspaper articles sure, yeah, or yeah. historic documents that refer to these disasters. Uh, you are welcome to spend whatever time you like here. It is barely used by anyone but me. So it is nice to see somebody else uh, interested in this town. I will be regrettably upstairs, he says. And he gives you, like, a curt little kind of sarcastic bow. And then turns around and heads upstairs. I'm going to search through the documents to try and find anything about disappearances. I'll also, like, scan... Anytime I'm going through something looking for disappearances, I'm also probably trying to scan for anything I recognize, like descriptions of, like, tufts of white hair left at a scene or anyone talking about, like, a long snake-like creature flying through the sky. Let's go investigation intelligence. How does that sound? Four dice. I'm going to spend willpower... And because I snapped mm-hmm. that man's fate, I get an extra four <laughs> dice instead of three. Should have used willpower before. I forgot about willpower. I'm always forgetting about willpower. Always forgetting about willpower. And I've got so little. It, it'll shock you, Adam. We both don't have a lot of willpower. So, uh, records, you, you basically, you look through, like, births, deaths, and marriages, and you try and cross-reference that with any historic events or anything like that that you can find. Whatever newspaper articles they've kept a record of. Like, you're even cross-referencing it with crops 
you know, like success and stuff to see. You're looking for famines. You're just looking for anything that in any way would give you a bit of a history of the town that you can kind of sift through to try and notice a pattern. Mm-hmm. 99% of working for the Longhouse and investigating the paranormal is patterns. The supernatural, <laughs> they love their patterns. <laughs> you start reading and you're kind of going back chronologically and you find 1935, there was a pretty terrible depression in this part of France and there's a lot of people disappeared and a lot of people died, not just children, adults as well. Generally, some of them are written as, like, going off to the major cities to find work. But you do find evidence of three children having disappeared during this time. Amongst the many other people that left, there are three children who kind of match the profile of these kids. 1903, you find record in the disasters and in, like, the crop success that there was a terrible blizzard and a subsequent famine. And that three, uh, sorry, not three children. Well, a lot of people died because of this. But amongst those dead, when you cross-reference it to the births, deaths, and marriages, four of them are kids of around the same profile. So three disappeared in 35 and four disappeared in 03. Yep. 1876, it it becomes hard to tell. As you go back, the records are getting a little bit spottier. But you you read that uh, there was during the Franco-Russian War, there was a lot of illness and some of it made its way to Nanterre. A lot of like, uh, basically, like I guess like not the plague, but like a lot of in the same way, a lot of famine. There was a lot of plague, even though you get no specifics because records are getting spottier. Many are gone is like something that's maybe writ in an article or something about the time. And you think, well, many could feasibly include anyone. I'll get you to make another roll. 1845, you find a record of four children listed as vanished, just vanished, uh, in the uh, Mulemont woods. You're not sure where that is specifically, but you assume somewhere around. And I'll get you to make one more. Oh! Oh! I'm going to crack this case without you. That's an exceptional success. I mean, you've been been doing it so far. (laughs) Yeah! Yeah! You're like onto a winner. You can feel the momentum. Yeah. And you start going back. And every 30 years, sometimes give or take like three or four, or, you know, like two or three years on either side. Mm-hmm. And sometimes the amount of kids kind of differs. Sometimes it's three. Sometimes it's four. Sometimes it's two. Sometimes it's five. But every roughly 30 years, you can find going back to about the 1600s, three to four children have in some capacity gone missing. Whether this is like there was a landslide that affected the town and some kids, you know, disappeared as we assume as part of that or whether or not it's like a whole bunch of people migrated from Nanterre to another town and listed amongst those people who migrated somewhere else are some children or ones that are very similar to what you're reading, you know, what you're experiencing now where it's just like three children disappeared. We hanged this guy in the middle of town because we think he did it. But the same story gets repeated again and again and again. And you get the sense... Every 30 years. Roughly every 30 years, yeah. And you get the sense that it's just that this pattern is such a long pattern. It's such it's taking place over such a long period of time. And it's so often disguised as something else that until now, nobody except the Longhouse and you guys has ever really picked up on it. Is there anything else you'd like to research while you're here? Uh, yeah, that family... Uh, the, uh, what's the name? Le Mercure. You don't find out really much more than... You're getting back to where records were kind of barely kept within mm. the town. And, and to be honest, most of the records that you're finding of the chateau were written, like, a century after the chateau was apparently inhabited. 
Mm. But you find much the same. You find there's record of the La Mahia mansion or chateau, that there was a man who lived there with a foreign bride. And by foreign, you know, you, you can you can infer that in the 1600s or the 1700s, foreign did not necessarily mean from like, Very you know, far. China. It might have meant from Switzerland Breton. or something. You oh, know. Uh, yeah. Breton. Yeah. Breton. Just exactly. somewhere else in France. Somewhere don't else don't let France, the Bretons yeah. know that I said that. <laughs> but yeah, so you know, yeah, it, it might not necessarily mean they were super exotic, but just that they were a bride yeah. from elsewhere. And then probably as you're investigating this, you do find reference to the the three challenges. You find that that was like a maybe even that would have been quite a bit later too, uh, maybe even later than the 1700s. Maybe like as you got into the start of the 1800s, that yeah, oh, this story starts to crop up that. The, the patriarch was dying and he set his kids three challenges. Find a tiny dog, find a fine piece of Muslim cloth and uh, find a beautiful woman. And that he set these challenges and that the youngest son completed them. But otherwise, yeah, there's not a great deal of information about it. And in, in the 1950s, you probably find that a construction company came in, was like hired by Nanterre to recreate the mansion which had been damaged during the war and just by wear and tear, and that they rebuilt a brand new one on the foundations of the old. Mm. And that it was largely considered a bad idea by most people in town, and that it didn't work. It goes, uh, the disappearances go back to about the 1600s, which is when that family, yeah. when that story happens. It definitely coincides. Mm. Curious. Can, <laughs> this might be something strange, but can I like, I want to, the uniform that the kids were wearing, I want to try and identify it. Is that something I could do? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say so. You think it's, it, it might not be a specific uniform. You think it's just like smart clothes, basically. Okay. You don't think that they're dressed, like, they look kind of like school children, but you don't think it's a school uniform. You think it's just like, Back in the day, you dressed kids like adults, basically, and that that's pretty much what you're seeing. So it's more like the same outfit again and again and again. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, rather than... Yeah, it's it's less like a uniform. I, I mean, like, what am I trying to say? It's a uniform in that all the kids are in it, but it's not a uniform in that you're like, oh, it's like the school uniform from the 1800s or mm. that they're colonels or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like... That's what they're they're all dressed in, yeah. Can I find any depictions of the family? You can find not, like, good depictions, but you can find what appear to be, like, um, illustrations, mm. clearly done after the fact. They show a, a man in, a like, a suit of armour, like a full-on suit of armour with uh, a crest on the front of his... Uh, front of his armor which or maybe he's holding a shield with a crest on it and the crest depicts an acorn like in the middle of maybe just like a thing of red and you can find the that he's standing next to a woman and the woman has like quite long white hair and otherwise is uh, is quite pale and quite beautiful long white hair you say mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I do. streak jackson <laughs> it 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 doesn't doesn't look fluffy like fur. It just looks like hair. But it is it is quite white. Funny there was in some kind of supernatural way that a person could be an animal. <laughs> Does that actually? That's a good question. Does that strike any bells to me? Like a person turning into something like that? Look, it, somebody turning into an animal happens all the time. It's a, it's a, an occult classic, if you will. But there's nothing. 
sort of it's it's like being like oh uh what about an, an immortal creature or whatever it's the kind of thing that just could be so many different things mm-hmm. could be a werewolf could be a witch could just be somebody under a spell could be a fairy could even be a vampire it could be so many different things that it's like it's it's too general it's not specific enough really i take photos of anything that i found that was relevant or interesting Except mm-hmm. that picture, that picture, I just straight up tear that out of the book. You don't think that that's going to come back to bite you? I you tear that out, doubt stuff it. in your pocket. Yeah, uh, it's probably as well. Like it's not, it's not even like an ancient man. It's probably a recreation mm. or like a photograph of that placed into a book that you're taking it out of. Sure. So it's not even like you're gonna. Uh, it's going to crumble away. Is there anything else that you want to do here in the in the town library? I can't think of anything else. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I, I guess I get going. The two of you eventually, I assume, reconvene at the Chartreuse. Mm-hmm. It's probably around, like, just getting into afternoon now, I'd say. Um, I assume I got back first? Yeah, yeah, I would say you would. That's, that's the scene I want to have anyway, because I want to walk straight yeah. up to you uh, <laughs> and then put the put the, the piece of paper that I tore out right in front of you. I'm aggressively, when you walk in, I'm aggressively flirting with Maury. <laughs> You're, you, you, as you walk in... Yeah, like Icarus and Mori are almost nose to nose, just leaning across the counter, chatting. You can see there's two rapidly cooling cups of tea that you imagine is how this conversation started. No, I, I, I think you would fit right in in America. It just, I you just seem to have that, you know, cosmopolitan vibe in America. I, but I am just, a, I, I've lived in the country my whole life. Uh, I oh, don't please. know. There's, what... there's plenty of country in America. I feel like I would. Just I, I out just think. You belong anywhere. As you did that, you moved your hands down, that, I, and I assume you're grabbing her hands as you're having <laughs> And then my giant, meaty palm <laughs> slams down onto the table. 